Salutations, friends, and welcome to another episode of Nerddom and Knowledge. First pick for podcast. Last picked in Dodgeball. I'm James. I am Jerry, and today we are here to talk about Star Trek and all things Star Trek. Yes, we are. And uh, as I alluded to last week, uh, this episode is a memorial episode dedicated to the memory of a, uh, a man by the name of Matthew Charles Allen, yes. my brother, uh, who passed away unexpectedly about almost three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek was his first love as far as fantasy goes, and uh, it always has been. Yep, that was actually uh, one of the first things that Matt and I, uh, like, uh, vibed on together was Star Trek. I was a Trekkie. He was a Trekkie. You know, it was good stuff. Yep. So today we're going to talk some fun facts, and uh, we're going to talk about the first four series in the Star Trek genre. Yes, and we will mention a couple of little titty tidbits about some of the things from those seasons. Um, anybody who's familiar with anything about Star Trek, you, you know, Star Trek is a phenomenon. It always has been. It's global. Everybody knows Star Trek. It's not, you can't escape it. Yep. And we're not going to talk about the Abrams verse. I'm a fan. Some people are not. It is what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, before we get started, Jerry, we got some, we got a new sponsor, first of all. We do. Our new uh, sponsor, Southern Defense Martial Arts, based out of Rockingham, North Carolina. They teach Shori and Ryu Karate for self-defense and self-discipline. If you're looking to get in shape for the new year, just looking to master the martial arts, give them a try. You can find them online at www.southernsportkarate.com. Soon to be offering instructional online classes, but now offering instructional DVDs. Uh, absolutely. Can't thank you enough. And that is Will Clark, who is another spo- who is sponsoring us in another way from another business. You're going to hear about that later. Yeah, this man's got many facets. And uh, I bought one of those instructional DVDs uh, for myself. And don't forget, there's one in the Nerd Nest. Exactly. And speaking of Nerd Nest, well, no, not yet. We'll not get to yet. that in a minute. Don't jump the gun, my friend. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <clears throat> but first, we need to thank some friends of the podcast. We're going to start with uh, another family member of mine, Diamond, who has uh, Kalis Boutique on Facebook. Uh, you can find them on Facebook under Kalis Boutique, where the selection is unique. That rhymes. And they have clothing and accessories for babies and toddlers. As we touched on last week, the uh, aforementioned population boom is not going to be a population boom, but a population pop. Creep. A a population ooze, one might say. Yeah. So, uh, But still, there will be babies coming. So definitely go by Kayla's Boutique. Check out the clothing and accessories they have. Lots of very cute and some very uh, awesome stuff. And adorable. Yeah. And uh, once again, we apologize. We were... We were dead wrong about the COVID boom. It's one of the few things we have been wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> New South <Southern> Wales. <laughs> yeah, we were wrong. But it's okay because it got us the prices right. Sound effect, which is worth it. It's always worth it. Yep. Even when you're wrong, you hear that. You're like, you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm fine. <laughs> And we also need to say a special thanks to our friends over at Joy-Con Gamers. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and online at Joy-Con Gamers or their website, joycongamers.com. And when you go there, you're going to find news for gamers by gamers. And who else do you want to get your news from? Who? Bob Barker, the former host of The Price is Right? You can't. He's dead. May he rest in peace. Yes, indeed. Or Drew Carey. I don't know if Drew Carey games or not. Uh, 
He might. My guess would probably be he does. You know who I'd like to get my gaming news from? Janice Dickinson, the model on The Price is Right, the blonde. Oh, man. I had a crush on her when I was a kid. <laughs> Holy cow. My dad's like, you're watching The Price is Right? Like, Hell yeah, I am. With the pillow on my lap. <laughs> yeah, I know that was cheap pop, whatever. <laughs> but we do have another friend we need to talk about, James. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, he is a social media mogul. Ooh, I like that. We he, might have to record that on the old board and get you to echo that bad boy. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, he is everywhere. He is on YouTube at youtube.com slash final harps. He's on Twitch at twitch.tv slash final harps. He is on the TikTok at final harps. Did you just say the TikTok? The TikTok. Like an elderly gentleman. <laughs> well, you know, we're not young. Can you show me how to do the TikTok? <laughs> is that the dance like the Charleston? <coughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But uh, he has a wonderful talk show that is titled The Final Hour. The Final Hour. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is oh, the final God. hour. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, by the uh, way, even if final, we've decided even if Final Harps hears this one day and says, you know what, I'm going to use it, we're still going to keep doing it, probably. Matter of fact, yeah, I'd, I'd put my money on it. Yeah, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, going to happen. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, but Jerry, yes, that brings us to what segment of the show? Well, we need to say a special thank you to our social media czar. Who handles all of our social media? And that would be none other than. The man, the myth, the legend, Matthew Bourne. Matthew Bourne. And you can actually find him on Instagram now at Social Media Czar. Yeah. Not only did we give the man a job, we gave him a purpose. And so now he is the Social Media Czar. Yeah, pretty much. Go worship the Czar Empire. Go give him a follow. We appreciate it. <laughs> hey, his words, not mine. That's what he said. The Czar Empire, that's his thing. Yep. Uh, but uh, he does the memes on our Instagram, yes, on TikTok, and everything. And so we know and you Twitter. guys appreciate him. So he's doing them just as good on his channel. Yeah. Uh, only our stuff is exclusively nerd. Like, he's doing everything on his page. So yeah. go, give him a, go give him a look. Yeah. Uh, uh, very creative. You're going to love it. Go check it yes. out. But speaking of social media, you can find us on Facebook at Nerdum and Knowledge Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Nerdum K. You can check us out on Instagram at, in, at uh, Nerdum and Knowledge, where we have posts and memes and things. Oh, my. You can also go check out our website, www.nerddemonknowledge.com where you can reach us at our brand new sort of kind of almost one year old email address now which is nak at nerddemonknowledge.com that's nak at n-e-r-d-o-m-a-n-d-k-n-o-w-l-e-d-g-e dot c-o-m oh shit he spelled the dot c-o-m <laughs> did you see that coming no you didn't you think he's going this way bam he's going that way hard left turn absolutely or you can reach us at our old email address which is nerdomandknowledge at gmail.com that's n-e-r-d-o-m-a-n-d-k-n-o-w-l-e-d-g-e at g-m-a-i-l dot c-o-m oh damn he did it again he's just dunking on you all day just blam <laughs> blam he cannot be contained <laughs> but he can be easily distracted by chocolates and slim jims yes because i've got a table of them over there and he keeps staring at them right now 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 james later james
Later. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or also, don't forget, you can go check out our Teespring store, buy some <coughs> official Nerdman Knowledge merch, get the T-shirt, uh, become the world spelling bee champion only in name, not uh, in deed. Or you can be the cheese. Yes, you can be the cheese because we all are all the cheese. And you can tell everybody what you think of them by getting the shirt that says, I want to spread butter on you and, and watch, watch it dry. dry. Absolutely. You, you ever you having problems with your lady friend? Slap that on. Let her know how you feel. It'll That's work. That's right. We guarantee it. And if you like the queef jokes, we got a shirt for that, too. Yeah, there will be queef jokes. There will be queef jokes. Probably in this episode. Maybe. We are talking about Shatner here, so who knows? Eh. Yeah. But right now, (laughs) it is time for our first commercial break, so we are going to lean away from the microphones ever so gingerly. Ah. Hey, folks. It's James. And Jerry. From the Nerdman Knowledge Podcast, and we're here to talk to you about IT Services and Networking, LLC. If you need a fresh install or just some upgrades to your existing network, owner-operator Will Clark has got you covered. That's right. You can find them on the web at www.itservicesandnetworking.com or you can reach them by phone at area code 910-461-7145. You won't find a better company to handle your IT needs. No, you won't. And we're back. It was a very soft, mellow, smooth, 70s jam lean away. (laughs) But now... It is time for the nerd nest. But da da da. God, I love that flourish. It's so nice. It is nice. Isn't it? It's like the cherry on top of the sundae. It is. It is. It is very much so. Absolutely. Uh, now, folks, a uh, little little bit of a disclaimer. Disclaimer. You know how James loves uh, his disclaimers. I love disclaimers. <laughs> disclaimers are always interesting. The, we were actually saving today's nerd nest gift. For the anniversary episode. We were. Uh, but, because it's fucking amazing. But uh, given the topic we're doing, and given the fact that we are paying homage to a gentleman both Jerry and I know, but uh, I have known my whole life. Yes. Uh, who recently passed, uh, my brother. Uh, we are adding a very, very, very special item. Oh, man, it's so good. And here to tell you more about it is my partner in crime, if you will, Jerry. Okay, so um, I ended up uh, taking my wife on our 10-year anniversary trip to Savannah, Georgia. And while I was down there, I uh, ended- Real quick, real quick, his wife is not the gift. No, she's not. Um, but for the proper fee, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> anyway, no, kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad she doesn't listen to the podcast. She'd kill me for that. No. Uh, so while we were down in Savannah, we went to all these different nerd shops looking at nerd things. And I went into this store called Planet Fun. And they had all the toys that you had ever had when you were a kid. I'm talking the original Voltron, the original Power Zord, uh, the original Megazord, um, original G.I. Joes. You name it, it was there. It was perfection. And I turn the corner and I see before me a 124 scale replica of an actual shuttlecraft from Star Trek, The Next Generation. The Shuttlecraft Goddard. It's a it's a real legit in the original packaging. In the original packaging. Okay? Say that one more time. It's in the original packaging. I wish I had the echo right now so I could be like, in, in, in. The original, original, original packaging, packaging, packaging. It's not the same. But it legit from the 1990s in the original packaging. Shuttlecraft Goddard replica, 124 scale. If you decide to open it up and slap some batteries in it, the some bitch will light up. It makes warp nacelle sounds. I'm shitting you not, okay? This is the best thing we've ever put in the nerd nest, and it's going in there today. 
Absolutely, folks. Now, of course, when there's a ner- where there's a nerd nest item, there is a nerd nest keyword. You damn right there is. And, and today's keyword is the best fucking keyword ever made. Engage. <laughs> a la the next generation. A la Jean-Luc Picard, the best captain there ever was. Arguably. Definitely. Arguably. Definitely. This is the hill upon which I shall die. We will agree to disagree. Damn right we will. Charlie Picard, make it so. No, I'm kidding. But no, engage. N E N G A G. Engage. Make it so. It's not make it so. It's engage. So put engage in the subject matter. Put your episode 50. This is 50? Yeah, this 50. is 50. Episode 50 in the subject line or the name of the episode, which we will reveal later. Um, or you can simply write that time you guys talked about Star Trek. Which we should be able to figure out because last time we did this, we talked about Star Trek and Star Wars, so yeah. it'll work out. Send that to one of the two email addresses we just described for you, and which James so eloquently spelled for you. And there you go; you're in the contest. Absolutely, and of course, as always, if you're just now joining us, you can always catch back up with one email with every keyword. Yeah, you can do that. That or gets you fifty us, entries, or send us a couple of emails and with a couple. Of I am one. here to tell you right now: the clock is ticking. Uh, we've got one episode that is over 130 now. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is going to happen soon. If you intend to win, get in there, get your, your, your submissions in now. Now is the time to catch up because it's coming. Yeah, so definitely do that. Absolutely. But uh, now it's time for us to take our second commercial break. So this time I think we'll lean away a little more expeditiously. Shall we? Indeed. Yeah! <laughs> Hey guys, it's Jerry with my good buddy James here to talk to you about our friends at CBD Essentials. Indeed, Jerry. Our friends at CBD Essentials have graciously agreed to offer our listeners a special discount. Use the promo code NAK15 at checkout to receive 15% off of your total purchase price. And CBD Essentials offers a wide variety of products like gummies, creams, tinctures, oils, even pet treats for your furry friends with joint pain or anxiety issues. Best of all, they offer free shipping on orders over $100 and will ship directly to your door. So give them a try. You won't be disappointed. Find them on the web at CBDEssentialsUSA.com and don't forget to use promo code NAK15 at checkout for that 15% savings. And we're back. (sighs) Ah, That was fast. That was. I'm a little out of breath. To you guys, we were only gone for like a minute, minute and a half, but we've been gone for 20 years. We actually went and saw the future. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, we uh, we forgot to get the lottery numbers, though. Sorry. We didn't. We're sorry. So we apologize. But it's going to be okay. But right now, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Fun facts, fun facts, super duper fun facts, because these facts are fun. Yay! Yeah, that's right. It's fun facts time. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and kick us off. Uh, there have been more than 125. I will repeat that number. 125 That's a big number. video games based on the Star Trek universe, starting with a text-based written in basic back in 1971. Yeah, now I know a couple of you are scratching your head right now and going, what the fuck is basic? It's just <coughs> the literally basic computer programming, like with the 10s and the 20s and the 30s. Like, you, go look it up, but it's a game. You can play it. Yeah. It counts. So, let me ask you a question, James. Go ahead. Are you a high school age devoted Trekkie? Not anymore. Once upon a time, I may have been, but well, not right now. if you were now, Starfleet will give you a $500 scholarship. I'm sorry, repeat that? Starfleet will give you a $500 scholarship. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's not that Starfleet. It's just a nonprofit organization that calls themselves Starfleet. But still, you could go to college and be like, yeah, I got my money to come here from Starfleet. People are like, motherfucker, what'd you say? Like, yeah, that's right, bitch. I'm Starfleet. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, that is an awesome claim to fame. That is really an awesome is. claim to fame. I wish I'd have known. Uh, Zachary Quinto, who is, did, excuse me, who did an amazing job as Spock. Fantastic. Fantastic. Much better as Siler, but Yeah. Uh, but he could not do the Vulcan hand salute, the live long and prosper hand salute. Yeah, like literally the Vulcan thing. Yeah. He played Spock and couldn't do it. So how did they solve this problem? They glued his fingers together. They should have shot him. How no. dare you, sir? Uh, oh, but he's not the only one. Guess what? No, he's not. William Shatner couldn't do it either. They used fishing line to tie his fingers together so he could do it. Yeah, because Shatner sucks. Now, believe it or not, that's actually a thing. Like, genetically, like some people just cannot put those fingers together. It's a musculature thing in the hands uh, with the tendons that control the fingers. Right. Uh, a lot of folks can do the live long and prosper, which James and I are doing now. Uh, some folks can only do the the opposite one where you put the two middles together and spread them out. And there are very few select people who can do both. Uh, James and I are in the group that can do both. Uh, I've always heard that rigorous masturbation uh, frees up the tendons and makes you able to do that. So no comment. Uh, Thank you. We'll be here all night. Thanks folks. All right. This one's about your guy. So yeah, it is the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Stewart signed on to play Picard because he needed a paycheck. And he was convinced the show wouldn't last. So literally, he's like, I'll do this one season, get my check, and roll. Uh, the Next Generation ended up being the most popular Star Trek series and lasted seven seasons. So his, I need a paycheck, turned into a career. So I guess it worked out pretty good. Yep, he even got brought back for a series <clears throat> named after his character. Yes, well, we're not going to discuss that because the ending sucked. It sucked hard. And I hate you, but it's okay. Not you. I don't hate you. I hate the people that wrote the show. I understand. I, I've heard. I've already heard. I've had it spoiled. I'm, I'm Jerry. Sorry. Sorry. Jerry. Sorry. Jerry. Sorry. Bring it back. Whew. All okay. right. I'm good. Now, okay. in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, all of Khan's men were Chippendale dancers. Anybody want to take a wild guess why? Yeah, because they were supposed to be like the perfect male specimen. Uh, they were uh, genetically Khan engineered. was genetically engineered. So his offspring and his... People like him were supposed to be genetically engineered. And if you'll remember from the original series, uh, all of the genetically engineered people with him were left on the one planet. Yep. So they're supposed to be genetically engineered. So guess what? They got the people that look like they were chiseled from rock. Yep. Because everybody's working for the weekend. The chip, the Chippendale skit, Patrick Swayze, Chris Farley. No one. No one. No one. Just okay. I'm right there with you. <clears throat> yeah, it was fantastic. So this is one of those things that you're like, huh, that makes sense. So uh, Star Trek is synonymous with a lot of technology, the communicators, the holodeck, <clears throat> many other things, excuse me. Uh, but transporters are probably one of the most uh, iconic and recognizable tele, um, technologies from Star Trek. The entire reason they were invented for Star Trek was because it would have been too costly to see the ship landing on alien planets in every episode. Now, so you understand what we're talking about here, uh, even back in the 60s, you had ways of manipulating photography in order to do a landing, but it was a costly process. Yeah, and not to mention they would have to make a new model for every planet. 
they would have to make like a landscape to show the ship landing on a different planet. They'd have to come up with them week in and week out over and over and over again. It was just, it was cost preventative. So they were like, we'll just be able to beam them down to the surface. And all you see is that one little area they land in. No big deal. Pretty much. Yeah. You can build that on the back lot of, uh, where were they at the time? Paramount? Paramount. Paramount. You can build them in the back lot of Paramount in an afternoon for 500 bucks. Boom. There you go. You got your whole episode. There you go. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff was reused. If you go back and watch the original series episodes, you see the same stuff over and over and over yeah, again. Like you go to one planet, it's like purple sand and like pink stalagmites. Yeah, then you and go to another planet, and it's blue stalagmites and orange sand, but it looks exactly the same. They just painted it. That's yeah, all they did. Just yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you got to do what you got to do to save money. Maybe you move some of some of the stalactites around, and it looks a little bit different. But it, yeah, absolutely. And now, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the main event. Ding, 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Nerddom and Knowledge proudly presents to you to boldly go where no mat has gone before. Yes, as a fitting homage to a wonderful friend, fantastic father, hell of a brother, Matt Allen. Indeed. But we need a special guest to talk to, so we're going to go get them right now. James, yes, do you Jerry. remember Captain Jellico from The Next Generation? I do remember Captain Jellico. He liked a certain a formality on his bridge. He liked order, James. He did like order. He yes, liked he it did. a little bit too much. He did. And sometimes, my friend, you need disorder. Yes, he could have used some disorder. Yes, so we have some disorder with us today. No, not just disorder. No, not disorder its own. The Disorder Lord. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is correct. Our guest today, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the maniacal Disorder Lord. Welcome to Nerdom and Knowledge. Thanks for having me, Dad. Yes, there you uh, go. Yes, yeah, thank right? you, folks. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. give it up. Give it up. Give give it up. It up. Yep. Fantastic. Great job. All right. So, my friend, you know why you're here today. We're here to talk about Star Trek, the next generation. Star Trek, the original mm. series. Star Trek, Voyager. And Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Indeed, indeed we are. And because this show is dedicated to James's brother, James, I'm going to let you start with the original series. Uh, arguably my brother's favorite series and his favorite captain of all time, uh, James Tiberius Kirk. Uh, the original Star Trek series began on September 8th of 1966 and went through June 3rd of 1969, uh, three years. And just about 79 episodes, three seasons, 79 episodes. Uh, as early as 1964, Gene Roddenberry began creation of a what he toasted as a Wagon Train for the Stars series. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty much a Western set in space. Uh, nice to see that somebody was smart enough to repeat that idea with The Mandalorian. Yeah, it worked out great. Uh, but the... Uh, series actually was going to be canceled after the first season, believe it or not. Yes, we, we gave you this fun fact before. Some of you may remember it, some of you may not. Uh, but for those of you that don't, uh, it was a certain actress who was very popular at the time. Yep, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, no. No? Way before her time. Uh, Famke Jansen. Uh, no. Damn it. How about Lucille Ball? What about her? Uh, she was really. Oh, she really, was the one. You're yeah, right. I remember that. She's the one now. that Sorry. saved Star Trek. Sorry, I've been drinking. It happened. That's okay. Uh, now, 
uh, with such memorable moments as Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura's on-screen kiss, which has been touted to be the first on-screen kiss. Unfortunately, no. That belongs to Sidney Poitier in uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yes. First interracial kiss. First interracial kiss. Uh, Now, the premiere of the initial series is the crew of the Enterprise are on a five-year exploration mission, mapping out as much of the universe as possible. Yes. They're an exploratory ship, a ship of science. Yep. But you wouldn't know that from Kirk constantly fighting and beating the shit out of people and making out and having sex with green and blue titty bitches. Yeah, it's kind of his thing. So what do you do? <laughs> when you're Captain Kirk, you beat up aliens and you make out with and have sex with green and blue titty bitches. It's what you do. Yeah, it's, it's how you, you get do. down. That's Spock would call that highly illogical. But what does he know? <laughs> <clears throat> but... Uh, these are just a few of the things that the original series gave us. Uh, the aforementioned on-screen interracial kiss, which aforementioned, is aforementioned, by the way, SAT word, 2700. You're welcome. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, now, it does get credited as being the first on-screen interracial kiss for a television series, but not the first on-screen interracial kiss, period. We'll let them have it. You can have it. It's fine. Uh, also, it gave us communicators, which is considered by many to be the inspiration for cellular phones. Yes, the flip flowing in particular. Exactly. You're welcome, Moda Razor users. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Dr. McCoy, played by DeForest Kelly, uh, gave us the meme-worthy expression, Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Yeah, fill or in the babysitter. blank. Whatever you blank. want. Do it right now. Watch, Disorder Lord, here you go. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a... Oh, crap. You, way to put me on the spot, Jerry. <laughs> That's uh, what you're here damn for. It, damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a no crap. Well, there you go. There that you go. Works it too. works. It works. <laughs> you can throw in any phrase in there. Yep. Uh, damn it, Jim. <laughs> damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a chicken nugget. There you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> Next, it Love gave it. us Scotty who was played affectionately by James Duhan. James Duhan, yes. Uh, constantly mm. saying in a very heavy Scottish accent, I'm giving her all she's got, Cotton. She can't take any more. But somehow she always could, which is the weirdest thing. It's like, Scotty, we need more power. <laughs> I don't have any more power to give you. And then it's like, all right, transfer extra power to the shields. Well, where the hell did the power come from? Scotty said we didn't have any more. I found it, Captain. The answer was is... Was it hiding in your pocket? Scotty was lying. That's what it was. <laughs> Scotty was a piss-poor engineer, and he was lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, later he confirmed that on The Next Generation when he made a cameo appearance. But yep. we'll, get, we'll touch on he that He said, later. you never tell your captain everything that you can do. I remember that. Yep. Uh, next, Trekkie Conventions, which uh, is yes. one of the first, not the first, but one of the first fandom conventions to ever exist. Indeed it was. Uh, six, count them, six successful motion pictures. And we don't count three of them? Possibly four. <laughs> no, all six of them all six of them were great. All six of them were great. Were they though? Cuz I feel like, you know, they made they millions, weren't. so we can't argue with the money. <sighs> J- Jerry, we've had this argument, you don't argue with the cash. But but you have to though cuz <laughs> they did a movie where they went to find God. And Captain Kirk uttered the phrase, what does God need with a starship? But that's such a Kirk thing to say. It is, but it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad, it's good, though. It's so bad, it's good, though. I, I guess, I guess. 
Uh, Moving along. <laughs> uh, next is the meme-worthy Tribbles. Let me ask you all a question. How many Tribble memes have you seen? A me, lot. Me and Jerry will bet you've seen more than a few. A dozen. More than a few. And they usually multiply exponentially. That's the trouble with Tribbles. Ah, ah I see what you ah. did there. <laughs> Uh, next, it gave us James Tiberius Kirk, William Shatner, the first interstellar playboy and the first major rule breaker in Starfleet. Now, we're not saying he's the first rule breaker. He's the first major rule breaker. Yes. One of the first rules of being a captain in Starfleet is that you have to abide by and simultaneously destroy the prime directive at every opportunity that it presents itself. Because uh, the first four Very captains, true. the first four series, the first four captains we Come across in the series, did it. Yeah. Every last it. one of them Fucking did it. Fucking Cisco committed war crimes. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> uh, Khan Noonien Sung, quite possibly Kirk's greatest adversary, number one. Well, that or his waistline. Ah. Uh, and he also gave us the meme worthy Khan. Yes. Khan. That's fantastic. Which has been used over and over and over again. It has. Uh, it used to be my uh, notification tone. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd have to shoot myself after two days. Like, stop <laughs> texting me. I can't take it anymore. Uh, oh, oh, oh. And just, you know, as a side note, uh, Star Trek, the original series, only gave us every Star Trek series, movie, animated series, novel, comic book, since. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. It did have its usefulness. So, yeah, there you go. So, Disorder Lord, uh, we've already discussed this before. You and I are both not, like, fully versed in the original series, but uh, have you seen any of it? I have seen quite a few episodes, actually. Okay. So, when, I was young, when, I was, when I was younger. All right, so what are, some of the, what are some of your personal favorite high points of the original series? Hmm. If I can dig out my dig dig into my brain here, you can it, do it's it. It's been yeah, I know it's been forever since I have seen anything from the original series. All right, well, while you're thinking, I'll go ahead and take a stab at it. Uh, so I, I have to say, like my favorite part of the original series, and I don't remember the specific episode, uh, but it was the episode where they had some sort of virus that got onto the ship and infected everyone. And oh, like, I remember that one. And everybody started acting crazy. And Sulu popped yeah. up with the fucking rapier and started swashbuckling everybody. I absolutely love that. And then, of course, the original series introduced us to something that would pop up later on in Deep Space Nine, which was the Mirror Universe, which was also a very, very good episode. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, that's actually considered to be one of the most popular episodes in the original series was the Mirror Universe episode. Yeah, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was titled Mirror, Mirror. Yes, Correct? I believe that I was believe the episode, so. Mirror, Mirror. I think that was actually the title they used for the Deep Space Nine episode as well. It probably was. Yeah, Jerry actually jarred my, jarred my brain there when he mentioned that episode. That was actually my top favorite episode from the entire series. Yeah. Well, you're not alone there, sir. Yeah, no, my, my all-time favorite episode from the original series um, was the one with, damn it, the Gorn, where uh, Kirk and the Gorn end up stuck on the planet. They're fighting each other to the death. I really enjoyed that episode, mainly because that Gorn's eyes were um, sieves. They were colanders. 
<laughs> and I was like, that's that's a metal. That's like a microphone screen. You're not even trying right now. <laughs> but no, it was good. Uh, of course, uh, one one more episode I will mention before we move on is the episode where Kirk and Spock are forced to face each other. Yeah, that was when Spock was going through Ponfar. Uh, no, I think it was they actually had to fight to death because the planet they were on, the beings were actually able to control their ship, uh, and they, in in order to leave, they had to fight to the death. One of them had to kill the other in order for them to be released. Oh, yeah. And they had that, that great music. Yep, that was it. I want to have that as my ringtone, but my wife would murder me. Mm, yep. <laughs> <sighs> now, moving along. And I'm going to let Jerry have this one. You're damn right you will, because this is the best series ever made. And I'm, I, I, this is the hill upon which I shall die. Now we move forward to Star Trek The Next Generation, which premiered on September 28, 1987, and ran through May 23, 1994. Had 178 episodes over seven seasons. And by the way, folks, this is the series, I think it ties for the most episodes in a Star Trek series. I do believe so. Yeah. So the next generation series takes approximately one hundred takes place approximately one hundred years after the first uh, season, uh, which I believe put them in the twenty third century, not the twenty second century. Um, arguably the best captain of the Enterprise. I'm just going to go ahead and say he was the best captain of the Enterprise, Captain Jean Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart, as well as memory char- uh, as well as more memorable characters such as Data, uh, First Officer William Riker, Doctor Beverly Crusher, Officer Worf. Jordy LaForge, who was named after a fan, found this out today. Uh, he was a fan. He had cerebral palsy uh, or muscular dystrophy. I can't remember which one. Uh, he like wrote a letter to Gene Roddenberry, like, I'm a big fan of the show. Just wanted to let you know that before I passed away. And so they named his name was George LaForge. So they named Jordy LaForge after him. Um, ship's counselor, Deanna Troy, uh, Guinan, Will Crusher, um, well, Wesley Crusher, uh, who was played by Will Wheaton, of course, gave us a great, shut up, Wesley which is fantastic, uh, and uh, so many more characters. If you go back and watch this uh, series, the guest stars that pop up randomly, like, oh, my God, I know that guy. Oh, my God, I know that guy, too. Uh, so this series follows the new Enterprise crew as they explore space, mediate various galactic conflicts, and face bold new enemies, the Borg, the Romulan Star Empire, uh, the Cardassians, not the Kardashians. That's somebody completely <laughs> different, um, et cetera. So what did this series? Don't forget, don't forget hey, hey, Gary. What? Don't forget that. Don't forget that bastard Q. Oh, we we we're getting to him, man. Come on, you think we forget Q? <laughs> Come on, bro. So what did the next generation give us? You ask yourself quizzically as you listen to this podcast. Well, we're going to tell you. So it gave us a new, fresh look at the Star Trek universe, with more races to explore and learn about the Romulans, Ferengi, Bajorans. Uh, as well as an in-depth look at two races introduced in the first series, the Vulcans and the Klingons. Now, everybody remembers that the Klingons in the original series were just white dudes with their skin painted a little bit brown. Uh, we're, we're, no. not, we're not going to touch on the whole thing about it, whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, it was now, just makeup at the time. Is what it is. In the original series, they did use brown makeup, darker brown makeup, to draw in lines on the forehead uh, to simulate the ridges, but obviously makeup wasn't what it is now. Yeah, so, so then they uh, created these Klingons with the ridged foreheads, and every family had a different ridged forehead and house and the whole. They really fleshed out the Klingons in the next generation. Uh, Worf's phrase, today is a good day to die, which is fantastic. Uh, the storyline of an android, Data, trying to become human. Of course, he was supposed to be the quintessential Spock of this series. 
uh, or at least as close as possible. Q, played by magnificently by John Delancey. If you've ever heard the phrase, chewing the scenery, watch Q in action. <laughs> you will know exactly what it means. The episode where Q lost his powers and then got him back by the end and just appeared on the bridge with a mariachi band while he's playing the trumpet and dancing around like a fucking moron. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, so the uh, Bajoran conflict, which introduced uh, the resistance to the Cardassian occupation of the Maquis, uh, which set the stage for Deep Space Nine, uh, which would come along later. Uh, so to me, this was the series that I was introduced to Star Trek on. Uh, this was, I was at my aunt's house. I saw an episode on the television while my mom and her were talking. I sat down to watch the rest was history. I was hooked. Um, always been a fan of sci-fi and all that kind of thing. And when I saw the show, I was like, boom, I'm done. I'm in, uh, just great characters, great storytelling. Um, had a fantastic run. All the characters had good, deep developed back arcs. My favorite character in the whole series was introduced very late, and that was Reginald Barkley. He was fantastic. I loved everything about him. Uh, but he came in late, but he did get a repeat uh, in Voyager, which I thought was very good. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and, of course, one of the worst enemies they face. The funny thing about Q is, Q. yes, Q did the lighthearted shit where he would appear on the ship uh, dressed as a military person or with a mariachi band playing the trumpet. But Q is also responsible for one of the greatest tragedies to befall Starfleet. He helped introduce Starfleet to the Borg. Yes. He actually, and as you all learn, resistance is futile. Yeah. So uh, let's as as much as we love Q for some of these shenanigans, uh, Q has been responsible for some horrendous shit. Yeah. Let's be real. Absolutely. So Disorder Lore, we, we were talking earlier, and this was the show you cut your teeth on. So... Talk about the next generation from your eyes, what you loved about it, what you didn't like about it, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> what I loved about uh, the next generation, you mentioned the story, the, the, the storytelling or the storyline throughout the entire series. That's what got me glued into the show as a Star Trek fan. The characters I thought were very well developed. Of course, my personal favorite, I've always been a big fan of uh, Commander Riker. Ah. Uh. Commander Riker he, made he it all the way to the of, first officer. Still doesn't know how to sit in a fucking chair. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, just the just the storyline in general, um, and always in the twists and turns. You know the plot twists. You know made you think what was going to happen next, and just all that put together made this show. The great, in my personal opinion, the greatest Star Trek series. No hate on the, no hate, no hate on the original series, and no hate on any others. But I, I am in true belief that Next Generation will forever be the best. I have to agree, sir. (laughs) Now. My brother would also agree that TNG was a better series than the original. He would. Um, we had but, this discussion many times. But he still believes that William Shatner, Kirk, is the best captain. Oh, yeah. no. To Matt, there was no cooler cat on planet Earth or in the galaxy than Captain Kirk. He was the man. He was always bringing the hose back. He was doing it. That, those were his words, not mine. He always had I a thought, hose, I too. Thought, 
I thought Han Solo was the best captain. Oh, wait, wrong series. How dare you, sir? <laughs> you knew I was. I told JC I was going to be throwing those one liners in there somewhere. Oh, my God. You realize the hate we're going to get from this? Well, you were talking about Star Trek and actually that Star Wars. Is good. And technically, he wasn't a captain. He was the pilot of the ship because the ship didn't really have a captain because it had no formal hierarchy. That's what we're going to get. I hope you're happy. That's what's going to happen to us now. Uh, quick disclaimer. Uh, the views and... Of Disorder Lord are not the views of nerddom and knowledge. <laughs> you know, the, 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 there was one dangling thread from the next generation that just drove me nuts. And I know I'm probably the only human being on planet Earth that just bothered, but you know what? I'm going to run with it anyway. So if you remember, I think it was uh, late in season one, there was the episode where they had those weird little uh, brain wormy things that would crawl into your mouth and attach themselves to the base of your skull, and it had that little tail thing sticking out of your neck, and like it would control your mind. And so they were trying to figure out a way to infect all of Starfleet. Well, they ended up, God knows how many people were infected, they killed the main guy who ended up being like a big one in a robot suit for whatever reason. But at the very end of that episode, like as the camera pans away from the, the Enterprise, you hear the echoing of a distress beacon that this creature or whatever sent out like a signal to its people. They never went back to that ever in the series of those things showing up again and trying to take control of anybody. Just they completely forgot about it. And I was like, this was a dope ass enemy. Like before the board came along, like this was the real threat to the Federation. Yeah. Like they should have done something with that, but they never did. I felt kind of bad about that. I think what happened is, is that they were going to go with that. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I believe what happened with that was they they were going to run with this as the like ongoing periodic threat that would show itself back up, and Starfleet would have to ultimately find a way to deal with it. But then I think they came up with the idea of the Borg, and when the Borg came along, they were like, okay, yeah, I think this is going to be our BBEG. Yeah, I mean, it worked. It did, but I really like. I felt like it was the ball they dropped. They could have done something with that. Eh. You know, you can, I mean, you you can argue that point, and and it's a fair point to argue. Uh, my brother, I, I, I my brother, wherever he is, would kill me if I did not mention this. His least favorite character on the show was Counselor Troy, played by Marina Sirtis. He could not stand her empathic abilities and her going. I sense distress. He, it, it chapped his ass like nothing else on planet Earth. His favorite episode involving her was the episode called The Music Box. Oh, the one where she kept hearing the music, kept driving her nuts, and she couldn't do anything else to like driving her literally crazy? My brother always said he wished Picard would have negotiated with that guy for The Music Box so he could have that music box. So anytime that, anytime that she started doing that, you know, oh, I sense distress. He could just whip out the music box and go. <laughs> I can't sense anything. My head hurts. Oh, it hurts. Oh, the pain. Oh, God. Yeah. My, my brother... <laughs> that was yeah exactly he he told that story many many times uh now also one other thing that i 
I do think we need to mention before we move on is this is the first Star Trek series that has a major character loss oh, in yes. the show. Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Uh, Tasha Yar. Yeah. Uh, Denise, you should have scheduled your contracts better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You will be missed. Now, they did bring her back on in later episodes. They brought her back in a storyline where there was a different timeline. They Yesterday's were in, Enterprise. Uh, and there was a, another way they were able to bring her back in where in the other timeline, she gets captured by the Romulans. They and sample she her won, DNA. They sample her DNA, and they create a Romulan Tasha Yar. Which would make her a Tasha Yar? Like Tasha Tash Yar? Tasha Yar? Yeah, that works. There I you guess. go. Something I like went that. a long way for that joke, but you get what I'm saying. All yeah, right. we got it. Okay, now we move on to Jerry's second favorite Star Trek series. Arguably the second favorite Star Trek series. And this is going to be Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, Star Trek, Absolutely. Star Trek Deep Space Nine aired in January of 1993 and ran through June 1999 at 176 episodes over seven seasons. Uh, Now, the third Star Trek series takes us in a little bit of a hard left turn because as opposed to being on board the USS Enterprise or even a starship, the majority of the show takes place on a Deep Space Federation space station called Deep Space Nine. Uh, now, we follow the crew and residents of the Deep Space Station uh, with great characters such as Captain Benjamin Sisko, uh, lovingly played by Avery Brooks, amazing, uh, Kira Neris, uh Jadzia Dax, Odo, and countless others, including two crossovers for characters from The Next Generation, uh, Worf, played by Michael Dorn, and Chief O'Brien, played by Colm Meany. Uh, the series offers a multitude of new races such as Changelings and the Jem'Hadar and conflicts including the Dominion, Dominion Wars and the Bajoran Conflict. Uh, it's actually a really great series. Uh, Benjamin Sisko uh, follows in the tradition of being a captain who tries to follow Federation regulations but oftentimes finds himself in difficult situations where he feels the need to bend, sometimes break, some one occasion shatter Federation regulations. Benjamin Sisko is a war criminal. There, I said it. He did it. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there. The man lied to a Federation council, a war council, lied to the Romulans to get them involved in a war so that they could win the Dominion War against the Jemadar. God knows how many people died for him to do that. Now, don't get me wrong, Garrick was very uh, influential in that, which, by the way, Garrick was the absolute best character in any Star Trek series ever made. Andrew J. Robinson is unbelievable as that character. Yeah. He (coughs) he plays it so well. There's not an episode with Garrick in it that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. The Uh, best part about DS9 for me, though, was that it was such a step away from, like, you're on a ship, you're flying the ship, and wherever the ship goes, run into trouble. Well, this was like an international port of call. It was like um, Moss Eisley, yeah, basically from Star Wars. Since we got to refer to Star Wars, it's sort of Lord anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, like it, you know, it's a port of call. People stop by there on their way to go and wherever they're going. So you, you're going to run into all kinds of people. And the fact that it was for the most part of the first, I think three or four seasons, fairly stationary. Um, was made it more like a 
I mean, more like a love boat type show than a Star Trek type show for me. Uh, kind of a combination of that and maybe uh, episode one of Star Wars where you have the Mos Eisley cantina. You have the periods where you're going to be stationary somewhere for a good period of time. Mm-hmm. So good combination of those two, yeah, I think, th- would be a so, good way to describe it. So I really enjoyed that. And um, it, it lent itself to a lot of really good storytelling, uh, which was great. Like, if you've never watched any Star Trek series ever, um, my favorite series is The Next Generation. But the hands-down most entertaining uh, Star Trek I've ever seen uh, was the Dominion War arc from Deep Space Nine. Just go back and I think it was season five. It started. Yeah, when we met the changing season five all the way through season seven. Just just those two seasons or three seasons is some of the best storytelling you'll ever see. It's fantastic. Well, actually, I think season four, it starts to give shades of it because they're starting to... Uh, it actually starts in season four when uh, Odo actually starts hearing uh, hearing the uh, voices of the changelings or he has a run-in with the changeling. Yeah, he, he ends up having of, like a desire to go home. Right. And that sort of starts getting the ball rolling on the Dominion War conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So now, Disorder Lord, I know for a fact you must have watched some DS9 because obviously your father was a Trekkie because you watched all these other shows with him. So how did you feel about Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Never really touched on um, DS9. What? <clears throat> you skipped right over DS9 and went to Voyager? Oh, man, you missed such good Trek. you got to go back and watch it. It's fantastic. I'm going to ha- I'm gonna have to. Uh, Dad never really watched uh, Deep Space Nine. Because other shows were on that he thought were better, but I digress. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> Deep Space Nine. I'm not really fluent in. I know some of the, uh, I know some of the characters, and you know, I know the show was revolved around the Starbase and stuff like that. And that's where I got into. Uh, that's where I, the Deep Space Nine like era is more of where I dipped into the the whole, you know, the whole role play arc that oh, I was I in. You. Yeah. Yeah. A while a while back. Uh they used uh many references from Deep Space Nine. There there was the mirror we had our own like mirror universe stuff and all that other mess. Made it to the Lieutenant uh shit, I can't I can't even fucking remember. Pardon my language, but... Lieutenant uh, Commander? No. no, I'm trying... I I can't even think of the ranks, because I know it was... I know it was an ensign when I started. Yeah, you're ensign, and ensign junior grade, and then you go to chief petty officer, if you go by the... um, O'Brien's ranking. I I didn't go by... uh, No, I wasn't a... uh, I wasn't a petty officer in any way, shape, or form. He wasn't petty enough. I was in... Ah. I know <laughs> my, petty, my pettiness level was low. He was chief but, uh, salty <laughs> officer. No, I salty. I'm kidding. I no, I'm yeah. I made it to lieutenant, junior grade, and then lieutenant, and then that's when I took a step back from it because of uh, I had some uh, you know some you know real life issues that I needed to get taken care of. So yeah, you had some trouble I with tribbles. I in, I did it again. <laughs> we were not, we were not allowed to mention tribbles, or it was an automatic banhammer. You guys thought I swung the banhammer hard no, on on like TikTok and stuff like that? No. <laughs> oh my! 
Oh Motherfucker, did you say triple? No, I said trouble, man. Calm down, jeez. No, my friend, my friend Melissa, uh, or no, not Melissa, Michelle, uh, was the captain of the ship that I was on. Don't ask me how to pronounce the damn thing. It's an actual starship in the Star Trek universe. I think it was like a mirror ship or something. But um, we, she used the actual like ship name, like the U. It's like. It was like the USS whatever or the NCC dash whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but she was the captain and we have been good friends for a while. And she asked me to join. So I joined and all that other mess. Uh, I, I did. I was chief operating officer, operations officer, and also chief engineering. I was chief of engineering as well. Not at the same time. Good Lord, I'd be busy. Yeah, I know. But, right? um, you'd, you'd never have any time to sleep. <laughs> uh-uh no sleep what's that um but uh but yeah that so that's like the, the only little bit of, of a deep space nine that i know of but yeah it, it essentially went from next gen to voyager well that's fantastic because that's the next show we're getting ready to discuss uh but before we go there uh this is what uh ds9 gave us uh, the continuation of crossover characters uh, in the next generation. You had cameos by uh, McCoy uh, in the very first episode, Farpoint, as the Enterprise is fixing to leave. A very yeah. elderly gentleman shows up. It is never spoken. Did we lose somebody? Know, but I'm going back to cover that because we missed. No, we were uh, we, we we left out a piece. So we're going back. There was some stuff we missed about. Um, TNG, we included it in Deep Space Nine notes. We're going to touch back on that real quick. Uh, but this, the reason we did it this way is because uh, crossovers from series to series become a thing in the Star Trek series universe. Yeah. Uh, now, in the next generation, you actually have uh, Spock make several appearances. He did. Uh, you have Scotty make one appearance. Yeah, he trapped himself in a transporter somehow. Yep. And you also have... Uh, an elderly gentleman who is heavily implied to be Dr. McCoy, but it's never actually named. Uh, it's heavily implied because he's played by DeForest Kelly. He is played by DeForest Kelly. Uh, but what they do is they say, we have an elderly visitor on the enterprise and we need to uh, get him off of the enterprise before we depart. Well, get him to the transport room. Uh, he won't use a transporter. Yep. And that's damn sure McCoy. That's McCoy. <laughs> uh, now, with that vein in mind, in uh, Deep Space Nine, you actually get the crossover characters from The Next Generation. You get Worf, and you get Cole Meany, Chief O'Brien. Yeah, you also get uh, Picard in the first episode, because it turns out Picard murdered Cisco's wife. Well, he did it as Locutus, but he still did it, and so and uh, so he blames him for it. So they don't like each other. Yeah, they're, 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 not, they're not buddy buddies. They're not going to go drink no, a beer not. together. And you also get, sort of kind of get Will Riker in Deep Space Nine, but it actually turns out to be his transporter twin, Thomas Riker, which is a whole other story I don't have time to go into right now. No, we're not, no, we're not going to touch on that. No. Uh, now, one other thing, a couple other things we get is the Dax symbiote storyline, which is a really great ongoing storyline that happens throughout the whole series. Yes, it does. Uh, uh, that storyline basically involves the Dax symbiote, which surrounds Jadzia Dax, who is one yep. of the major characters on the show. Uh-huh. 
but you find out that the Dax symbiote has been around for years and years and years. Yep. And Worf and has actually had previous encounters with a previous symbiote. Curzon. Right. Who was uh, Cisco's best friend. Yep. And then, of course, Jadzia unfortunately dies. Spoiler alert, and you end up with Ezri, mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole other ball game. Uh, but uh, now you get the Dominion War. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have the Bajoran Conflict, which, uh, spoiler alert, uh, turns out that the Captain Sisko, the Captain Sisko, not yes. a Captain Sisko, the Captain Sisko, the Sisko, is supposed to be the prophet for the Bajorans. He is the emissary. The emissary. Yes. Uh, and, of course, what do we get in this series? More Q. You can't ever have enough Q. You can't have enough Q. No, you can't. Uh, also, There's too much Q. Too much Q? <laughs> too much Q. <laughs> I got a fever. The only prescription is more Q. Wow. Hey, <laughs> what are you doing stealing my shtick, Jerry? <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? I just wanted everybody to see how good your walking was because how bad my walking is. <laughs> My walking is awful. His walking is amazing. Remember that always. Uh, finally, what Deep Space Nine gives us is it gives us a deeper look at the Cardassians and the Ferengi thanks to Garrick and Quark on yes. the show. I loved Quark. I really did. That dude was amazing. He was the shadiest mofo on planet Earth or whatever planet he was fringing on. Oh, but yeah. Oh, and but by he the was way, good. Quark has one very interesting distinguishment. He is the only person to beat a Klingon in honor conflict without swinging a bat lift one time. Yeah, it was fantastic. He actually got him a Klingon baby mama for a while. It's pretty yep. nice. <laughs> but as we conclude the show today, we are going to talk about Star Trek Voyager, which premiered in January 16th, 1995. God, I'm old. Through May 23rd, 2001, and gave us 172 episodes over seven seasons. So, this series follows the crew of the USS Voyager and starts with the crew chasing a group of Maquis until both ships and their crews are thrown into the Delta Quadrant, uh, pulled there by an entity called the Caretaker, which is more than 70 years away from Earth at maximum warp. This ship was crewed by none other than Catherine Janeway, played magnificently by Kate Mulgrew, Commander Chakotay, Belana Torres, Seven of Nine, the holographic doctor, or the doctor who never picked a name but he really should have, uh, who is absolutely wonderful, played by Robert Ricardo, who is hilarious. Yes. Uh, Neelix, Tom Paris, Tuvok, Harry Kim. Poor Harry Kim. My God. <laughs> he caught so much hell. This man was an ensign for seven years. <laughs> he saved that ship half a dozen times. You couldn't make him a lieutenant. You couldn't do something, Catherine. Come on. Really? Really? Nothing? I'm just, it just made me so mad. And it was funny because it was actually an in-joke in the show. Like People would be like, well, there's only so much room for advancement on the ship. There's only so many command positions. Like, no, dude, they just don't like you. They're just using you as what it is. You're free labor. Uh, so the crew must not only face the treacherous difficulties of getting home, including several trips through Borg-occupied space, but face the difficult task of merging the mach and Federation crews into one cohesive unit. So what did this show give us, you ask, yet again, as we go into another fourth series? I'll tell you. So this gave us an in-depth view of the Borg Collective, thanks to Seven of Nine and the various dealings with the Borg. Uh, this was actually, this season, this show was going on while First Contact was being filmed. Yes. Uh, so that was when this season was when they introduced the concept of the Borg Queen, uh, which was the entity who spoke for all of the Borg, similar to the way 
uh, Picard as Locutus did, but she was in control of everybody. So this gave us the uh, ongoing storyline of the Maquis crew member Seska, um, who I absolutely hated. Not because she was a terrible actress, but because like the awful shit she did. I just like I wanted her to die, and I was very glad when she did. Uh, as she continuously attempts to sabotage crew, going so far as to ally with the Kazon. The ongoing dilemmas Janeway faces is opportunity after opportunity to show up to get Voyager home faster, but at the cost of violating Starfleet protocol or costing another race a grave consequence. Look, you know what? This is a good time as I need to go ahead and talk about it. All right. Just going to go ahead and throw this out there because it's the, it's the elephant in the room. Why did they study every fucking phenomenon they came across? You're 70 years from home at maximum warp. You keep slowing down to look at a nebula or a fucking pie, quasar or something. No, point the ship towards the, the Alpha Quadrant and go the fuck home. What are you doing? I don't understand it. Every episode, Captain's Log, Stardate, blah, 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 blah. We've diverted course. Why? What are you doing? You have one job. You always bitch. To observe an odd nebula cluster. No. It's every episode like, I'm worried I'm not going to get this crew home. Well, of course you're not. You're going in the wrong fucking direction to go look at a gas giant. You know what? There's a gas giant in the Alpha Quadrant. It's called Jupiter. Go fucking look at that one when you get home. And I and I and I, I know, I know, I know. It's it's TV. And if you don't adventure, you don't find stuff to do. And then I get that, okay? But uh, the one thing I do love about it is that it's constantly referred to in the television show. Like it was like episode eight or nine when Neelix is in the galley and they're. You know, they're talking about going and looking at something. And he's like, why is this crew always going to, like, investigate stuff? That's where danger is. Just go home. That's all you want to do is to go home. Why do you keep doing this to yourselves? So, I mean, they, 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 you know, had fun with it. But at the same time, just go the fuck home. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now that Jerry has gotten that off <sighs> Yeah, I got chest. that out of my system. All right. So, the first interactive hologram that is forced to continually run, the EMH doctor, as he, once again, just chewing the scenery. Robert Picardo is fantastic. Uh, who also takes on a journey of attempting to become recognized as a being in his own right, uh, which was a fantastic episode um, where he actually wrote a holographic novel where he portrayed the crew as a bunch of murderous assholes. And he didn't want it published, but it got published anyway. Uh, we again have cameos from uh, Commander Riker and Geordi LaForge. Uh, Geordi actually showed up in the very last episode of the seventh season as a captain of his own ship chasing down uh, Captain Janeway. Uh, we also had appearances from Q again. Yes, Q, uh, who had a son yeah. and brought his son back, who referred to Catherine Janeway as Aunt Kathy, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Who, fun fact, was actually played by John Delancey's real life son. Wow. That I was his actual son. Yes. Huh. I believe his name is Morgan Delancey, is his son. He played him in the episode, uh, which explained a lot of their chemistry with each other. Uh, there was also a cameo from, um, I cannot remember the name of the person to save my life right now. Um, shoot, 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 shoot. It'll come to me later when I'm not talking about this anymore. Uh, but aside, aside from my obvious complaint about uh, their 70-year journey would have taken 200 years because these people don't know how to pay fucking attention to the task at hand. Um, Voyager was great because it, it was like, okay, what can we do with this series? Okay, we're going to take them. We're going to put them in a, a section of space where no one has been. And so we get to build this from the ground up. Like, we can make all new alien races. 
um, you know, make alien conflicts, uh, create whole new dichotomy because we've got this group of people who are, you know, Starfleet dissidents. They're now stuck on a ship of people who are, you know, Starfleet gung-ho. And so how are they going to get along with each other? It's a very good question, uh, which has played out great, by the way, through the, you know, the, um, the dichotomy between the two crews. Um, so it was like a fresh-faced Star Trek, and I absolutely loved that about it. Aside from the fact that it didn't just go straight home. <laughs> beating a dead horse there, Jerry. <laughs> I, you know, I will beat that horse until it comes back to life through CPR resuscitation, and then I will continue to beat it until it dies again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is the horse upon which I shall die. That's what I'm saying. So, Disorder Lord, uh, I know that you're a fan of Voyager. You have watched Voyager. You have experienced Voyager. So what were some of your favorite highlights of Voyager? Oh, to be toward the end of the series when they're 70 years from home. And it always raised a question with every episode that I watched. I was like, how in the hell are they going to get home? You know, it's not like they have that magical being from the next generation to increase warp speed. You're referring to the traveler. Yeah, the traveler. That's that's who I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah, it's not like they had the traveler to help them, but it it just it just blew my mind. I was like, how in the world are they going to get home? They're seventy years out. It's not like they can cryo freeze themselves and then just gung ho the entire way. Nope. God forbid, you, God forbid you run into a planet on the way there. Well, not only that, but they did actually run into the Borg. So that would have been great if they were in stasis when not, the Borg showed up. Not just once, not just twice. Yeah. Three times they went through Borg-infested space. <laughs> those, those were another crazy, crazy characters, the Borg. Yeah, when, when you were talking about the whole making the ship go faster thing, uh, does anybody remember the episode where they broke Warp 10? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, Disorder Lord, do you, do you remember that episode? Yeah, I do. So do, do we remember what happened in that episode? Tom Paris and Catherine Janeway. <laughs> bow, chicka, yes. bow, bow. They turned into fish people and they had sex. They have babies, and those babies are alive on a planet somewhere. I just want everybody to remember that. They have children together. I do, I do love how at the very end of the episode, Tom Paris apologizes and Janeway actually responds to the apology with, well, you never know. That species, maybe the females initiate procreation. Yeah. And just walks out of the room on that note. So Janeway was like, you know, maybe you didn't give me the D. Maybe I gave you the P, son. Mic drop, walk out yeah. the room. Because that's how Janeway gets down. <laughs> I wonder if that was ever a thing between him and Belana Torres. I think it should have been. Oh, man, are you kidding me? Like, he's getting ready to lay down the bed when I say, hey, baby, you in the mood? She goes, I don't know. Why don't you go ask the fucking captain, you whore? <laughs> I feel like that should have been like a jab once or twice. You know Harry made the joke. Oh, Harry yeah. definitely made the joke. Hey, hey, Tom, remember that time you fucked the captain? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Harry. At least I'm a lieutenant, you fucking ensign. <laughs> uh. And I couldn't agree with you more on that. How did how do you stay an ensign for seven years? Well, the way they always talked about it in the show was that there were only there were only 156 crew members on the ship, and so the command structure demanded that they have so many people doing this job and so many people doing that job, and then there's so many officers. Um, so they couldn't promote him because there was nobody to promote. However, 
anybody who watched the show knows, like, every couple of episodes, two people died. I don't know where they kept getting new crew members from. There should have been plenty of room for advancement for Ensign Kim, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, the only time a major opening happens uh, during the show, after the first couple of episodes when the Maquis join and they're trying to flesh everything out, only one top position ever opens up, and that's for the chief engineer. And that winds up going to Belana Torres. Yeah, but remember, Seska deserted the ship. She was a member of the engineering crew. Uh-huh. Could have given that to Harry. Didn't do it. Um, Maybe Harry wasn't a good gen- engineer. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, he seemed like he fixed a lot of stuff. After Voyager broke down that time we got frozen in the ice, he fixed it back up. But at least in the final episode, he didn't end up being a captain. So he got his redemption. Yep. When the doctor, when they were looking at future Janeway, he was a captain then. So yeah. congratulations, Harry. You had to get back to Earth to get promoted. But God damn it, man, you did it. Yeah, they actually address address that in season three or four because there's one episode where uh, they uh, ad- adapt something called a slipstream drive. Yeah, and the ship gets stuck in the ice, and they come back from the future to right. rescue Voyager. Yeah, and then there's the final episode, which shows at the beginning of the episode a Voyager reunion. Yep, and he was a captain then. Yep. But ladies and gentlemen, that is our episode. We hope you have enjoyed it. We've certainly enjoyed discussing it. Uh, we enjoyed paying special tribute uh, to a man who is very dear to the both of us, uh, James's dearly departed brother, Matt. We've especially enjoyed having the Disorder Lord on as our very special guest. But we're not quite done with you yet, Mr. Lord. Um, oh, great. <laughs> um, but before we get that, to that, I, I do want to uh, put a little uh, nice ending for the tribute to my brother. Um, for those of you who don't know, my brother... Uh, Throughout the course of his life, uh, he kind of hit both ends of the spectrum in many ways. Uh, He was a man who was prejudiced, but also was capable of showing uh, understanding and kindness. Uh, He was very giving, and he could be selfish. He could be a kind, listening ear, but he could also be a prick. Uh, Take your time, buddy. Of Matthew Charles Allen. This is all I can really say. Of all the souls I've ever known, yours is the most human. Well said, my friend. Well and, said. And uh, I will see you again, but until then, Warp Factor 10, Mr. Allen, engage. Live long and prosper. <sighs> Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're Listen. good. You're absolutely Brother, good, my friend. Good. But now... Disorder Lord, uh, now we have a tradition we at do. the end of the show. And I Are believe you? you might be familiar with it. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Disorder Lord, thank you for being our guest. And now I'll hand it to my good friend James to wrap it up like a nice, pre- 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 a nice pretty present. Why can't I talk? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for indulging me this episode. And thank you for listening. Uh, next week's episode, we'll be dealing with the wonderful wizarding world of Harry Potter. Oh, say that five times fast. Uh, well, not right now. Do it later yeah. when you finish listening uh, to the episode. And we, and we already have a very special guest lined up. We do. Uh, but until next week, uh, this has been Nerd to Knowledge. I'm James. And I'm Jerry. And, and we, we are, are First Pick, pick for, for Podcast. And Last Pick in Dodgeball. Yes. yes. We will catch you guys next week. See you then.